0: FM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury, and welcome to Tech Talk this morning. Now, the world as we know it is fast changing. As telecommunications network equipment becomes more IP based, energy consumption requirements have increased steadily. There is a need to develop new, inexpensive, clean energy sources to fuel the growth of the industry. And with demand for wireless infrastructure on the rise, accelerating to meet the growing bandwidth for 4G and 5G networks, we may be heading into a world where we would have to build more telcos every few meters and even more antennas on the top of buildings. Is this a viable solution? Is there no better way to reach ultimate connectivity and to reduce the carbon footprint in the process? Three OPPs in Deremba Berhad look to address this. They aim to build a shared digital infrastructure that would effectively reduce the overall energy consumed, thus lowering the carbon footprint. And in line with Malaysia's national digital agenda, the company aims to provide higher internet penetration for underserved areas that would lead to innovation and GDP growth. In order to fulfill this dream, the company took part in Maranti's Global Accelerator program, aiming to expand their knowledge, widen their network reach, and effectively scale their offerings for the market and beyond. On the phone line with me right now, I have Shah. He is the CTO of 3OPP. Welcome to the show, Shah.
1: Thank you. Uh, thank you for the invitation, to, uh, Richard. I'm glad to be on the show uh, to share some of the journey that uh, 3 opp has uh, embarked on and the way forward uh, for the um, connectivity and how do we tie connectivity, energy, and sustainability in the future?
0: Very so, interesting topic.
1: Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Um, of course, the, the mismatch is that you know um, when you are expanding tech, uh, tech means you are doing something that is based on uh, on silica and on uh, processing. So when you have uh, uh, processing power, computing power on a chip—you uh, need energy. So, right. so the, the the mismatch there is that you want to move tech along the line, uh, delivering faster computing powers, which drives more technology um, in the uh, millisecond uh, processing uh, number of computations per second. So, mm-hmm. uh, more energy is required. So, you know, if you look at the, the 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 opposing thing is that how do you do that when you want more computing power, you want right. more bandwidth, um, and so, you know, you, there's no way that you can reduce uh, because your demand is increasing and increasing. But, right. Yeah. So the, the point that you that you talked about is that how do we match the uh, bandwidth uh, 4G, 5G and um, moving forward? And how does uh, how do you look at uh, not actually uh, uh, you can you only can what you can do is that in the way it is um, it is the money is being spent on energy is to look at ways that if you aggregate those points where the computing power is done in a single point and therefore the computing power is then done and then straight away distributed to the end, end result uh, output as required mm-hmm. versus having it transmitted over long distances with the again repeated again computing power and repeating again computing power until it reaches the consumer. Mm. So the the way um, the word that you had used is uh, how trio pp, which has been on the journey for the past twenty five years. <clears throat> uh, I founded the company. I was actually a background uh, accountant and consultant with uh, Pete Malwick and Arthur Anderson, and I I left practice in ninety eight ninety nine, mm. and um, when I when I returned back from Australia and I came back and I said you know um, where do I want to do what what do I want to do away from the 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 being an accountant, what tech should I get into? And mm-hmm. that's where um, I sort of uh, looked at, uh, you know, uh, and being a Muslim, I looked at towards the holy scripture I have the Quran and started to read about a lot of things. And and one of the one of the verses that we have in the holy book, in the uh, the verse of the light, ch- nur, is it said, light upon light, but no fire. So I took it as a, a divine intervention that I, this is the journey that I'm going to do is lasers and optics and fiber optics. Uh, so if you if you if you know uh, what laser is, is a coherent uh, layer of light upon light. You know, um, and when you have coherent uh, light, it becomes more powerful versus dispersed light. And um, today's communications network bandwidth is all dependent on this light traveling at light speed uh, over fiber optics across the globe. Right. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, and the way forward where you have 4G and 5G is a mixture between the fixed network fiber and the wireless RF over the air. Mm-hmm. So you need a mix between uh, wireless and you have the fiber optics for the uh, bandwidth that is, uh, amount of uh, gigabits that can be transmitted over a second at light speed. Mm. So with the sustainability in terms of if you look at the infrastructure build if uh, and three op and that's why I endeavoured twenty five years ago into fibre optics and lasers and, and 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 transmissions over fibre optics over long distance, and my journey has brought me to Malaysia. I mean I'm in Malaysia now for the past twenty five years. So three op is a fully turnkey company which can do end to end design for a city or a state. Uh, so we were The ones that won the 2009 um, national broadband project in Malaysia, we were the first to do full turnkey in Subanjaya, yeah, yeah, and in 2009. And we deployed the whole of Subanjaya over we call it brownfield in existing cities. So you have to mm-hmm. overlay the new fiber over the, over the area. So, if you look at the word sustainability and green, fiber is green, fiber is silica, okay. Stop- So this is glass made fibre across a whole city and uh, fibre is green. There is an official paper from the body I used to head uh, called fibre to the Home Council, Asia-Pac and Europe and fibre optics is green because it provides you less energy per kilometre transmission over uh, as long as over fibre. There's very little uh, power compared to those days when you have copper lines you have to pump power across copper, and copper has got resistance. Whereas- oh, for sure,
0: it's, it's definitely greener than copper, for sure. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, um, so it's, it's good that you 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 understand that that basic physics, basically, you know, uh, between. I, I, I
0: would, t- I would t- hope so, sure. Doing a tech show, <laughs> 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 but my, my question then, okay, just, just to kind of interrupt you a little bit there, is um, if if we look at like the data centers at the either end of that green fiber, those are you know. All of them—they're not particularly green, though, are they? They are, as you mentioned earlier, consuming a lot of energy to push from one side to the other.
1: Yeah. So, so you know, as I as I alluded to in my opening statement, uh, you know, whatever you're doing in terms of higher bandwidth, higher speeds is, is actually computing power on that silica chip mm-hmm. that is that is the interface between computing power and the output. So, when you are doing faster speed, you're doing more computations per second, you can generate heat. Mm. So the DCs are actually first is to power up the computational power, and in the interaction with the silica and the, between the copper and the, and the and the data, there is heat emitted from the silica, and you need to cool. Data centers are, are, are high energy consumption is from the cooling of those chipsets.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Pure, and yeah. I think I think quote unquote, I think there is a, a, a Google and and some other guys have actually. Had put uh, DCs inside the ocean where it's cold.
0: So that yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have, yeah. Okay, let's just take a, a short break here, catch our breath for a moment and when we come back, I want to ask you about some of the challenges that you guys have faced at 3OPP over the last okay. few years. Okay, oh, let's take a short break. Folks, I'm on the phone uh, with Shark. He is the uh, CTO of 3OPP, uh, Sindir and Bahad. They are, well, in line with Malaysia's national digital agenda, they aim to provide higher internet penetration for underserved areas as well. That's something we'll talk about shortly. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: free-minded vfm 89.9
0: GFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. This is Tech Talk this morning. I'm on the phone with Shah. He's the CTO for 3OPP. Uh, Shah, just before the break, we were talking about heat and fiber. Um, what I want to talk about is just to kind of rewind a little bit. And you talked about your beginnings Uh a number of years ago, uh, what, what are some of the challenges that you faced when you were doing the rollout in, in Subang Jaya, and as a company in general, as a fairly new fledgling tech company, what were some of the bigger issues back then that you faced?
1: Okay, uh, thank you, Richard. Uh, one of the the things about Malaysia is that uh, we are a small country uh, in Southeast Asia. Mm. And uh, if you look at products that you produce as a local product uh, in Malaysia, you will never get the economies mm. of scale compared to products coming out of China.
0: For sure. Uh,
1: yeah. So the most important criteria in a company is that your, what is your selling price? How much can you sell a product that you produce locally here? Right. So it's a fundamental mathematics is that if you're producing and amortizing uh, a tool for a plastic injection molding or for a component, and if you amortize it over 100,000 units, over a million units, Mm. definitely you have a price difference, correct or not?
0: Correct, correct. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's, that's the first upfront uh, challenge that we have in terms of pricing products made in Malaysia compared to products made in China or other countries like Taiwan mm. or Japan or whoever. Mm. Mm. So that was the biggest uh, point is that um, the, the Malaysian government uh, keeps a lot of rhetoric about let's support local technology, local products. But yeah. the point is that, that's the first point is that, hey, we can get this product imported at this price. Yeah. And this has been my challenge for the past 25 years. I, and I tell people that if you look at other countries, what they have done is they've done indexing of the pricing. If you get a price mm-hmm. from China, you're going to index it to a price made in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And you're going to impute the local taxes, the salaries that you pay, the local licenses fees and all those things which are not imputed into a product coming from China. Mm-hmm. So that is the first obstacle that you have is the price marked price differentiation.
0: Right, right. Why, why was it so important to you um, to use locally uh, produced products rather than rather than just you know thinking, okay, well, let's just import it from China? Why was that important to you?
1: Um, the, the first point is that you know when you have control over how you want the product to interfe- interact in a, in a Malaysian environment. You know the place, here. this product needs this kind of configuration. This kind. And right. if you ask a multinational coming from China or Europe or USA, this is what we use, use in the US, you take yeah. it or you leave it. Yeah. And that's why the local engineering guy said, hey, hey, we like your product because it fits our purpose here. It doesn't mm-hmm. fit the European uh, environment or the Chinese environment.
0: Mm-hmm. That's number
1: mm-hmm. one. And number two basically is that If we don't understand what the product does functionality, we will never ever learn how to use tech because we're just a consumer of products.
0: Right. So my
1: my challenge in 3 is always that I build expertise on what I do, Mm -hmm. whether it's the fiber component, whether it's the uh, active or the passive product. I make sure I understand the entire how it works and what it does because we know how to fix it if it goes bust.
0: Right. Yeah. OK. Product knowledge is, is, is key. Um, now, I want to talk to you about um, and it's a big deal here in Malaysia and has been for years. This, uh, you know, urban rural divide when it comes to connectivity. Now, I know you guys are, you know, you, you have an initiative to help bridge that digital divide. Just how wide is that divide and what are you doing to help bridge it?
1: Okay. I, I saw that question
0: coming and I said, you know, quanti- <laughs> quantifying the digital divide, how wide it's, is it? Yeah. I mean, it, how do you quantify that? But, but you know, <laughs> <Okay>. cry. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, um, going, you
1: know, I'm, I'm involved in the standards, Malaysian standards uh, bureau under the government and providing mm. standards for smart cities and standards for uh, mm-hmm. connectivity. So. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, when I was when I studied in the US before, um, they say statistics statistics can lie. Is how right. you pitch how you pitch the statistics yeah. correct? Yeah. So if you look at the um, the government body that's in charge of this type of statistics, it's called MCMC Malaysian Commission for Multimedia, mm-hmm. MCMC. Okay, that is the national body that's a regulatory body that handles all this uh, digital divide numbers, and they have published some numbers. So I don't want to go and uh, and, and contradict any of their numbers, but the point I'm making about statistics is that the digital divide on wireless or digital divide on connectivity to homes or to people. So if you look at if you look at the word uh, digital divide in the perspective of connectivity over mobile devices, they will tell you they are four times over covered.
0: <laughs> right. Got it. Yeah, you got it yeah but
1: yeah so if you tell them connectivity per se to homes have you reached that connectivity oh we are still uh, the rural hasn't uh, achieved yet we got another 40 percent to go uh with all the demographics uh we are trying to bridge that with the uh, code name project called jendela the window yeah. to bridge this gap yeah. so uh so 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 if you look at both things that are available those information are available from the MCMC regulatory website where they are. but as you said, if you say mobile connectivity, oh we are four times oversubscribed, and all all people are connected by mobile phones. Excuse but me. what is the level of connectivity, the bandwidth, reliability, consistency mm-hmm. uh, those net uh, those metrics on quality uh, have not been established in a in a detailed way, but in a broad scope, yes, it's available. Mm. I hope that's not complicated. The answer? <laughs>
0: no, not not at all, not at all. Um, now, I've got one more question for you before I let you go, uh, and it's about uh, Maranti. Uh, you, you know, I, I know you guys uh, took part in Maranti's Global Accelerator Program. What, what did you learn from that?
1: Okay, uh, uh, I'm I'm happy that I was on the Maranti program, but I guess I was the most senior guy. I'm I'm 60, so yeah, I was 59 years old when I got. I was one of the oldest guys I think on the Maranti program. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. A lot of the uh, coaching and the guidance from Maranti was very, very good because from a perspective of a person that's uh, at a later stage in my life as, uh, going through the Maranti program. Mm-hmm. But if I look at it in terms of the young entrepreneurs that are coming in, uh, it's a super program. As far as for me uh, at a at senior level, I guess it was a good refresher to look at the young people, how they are pitching their products, how they are approaching the market. So that gave me an exposure to the younger people who are in the digital age and, really. and the different metrics and different uh, tools they're using to approach the market. And, mm. um, and I'm very happy uh, with the program and I'm glad uh, as a senior person um, that I got to see these young people who are actively pursuing
0: um, entrepreneurship in the digital era. Interesting. Uh, did you learn anything from those younger people?
1: Oh yeah definitely definitely um, definitely um, at the at the interaction and, and the pitching sessions I saw their their focus and the tools they use and how Maranti also had professional engagement from other independent consultants coaching us and of course you know and I, it, it was a very very good refresher for me to get that kind of feedback and get on board. And I'm also glad that through the Maranti and the NTIS National Technology Innovation Sandbox, which I've actually completed, mm-hmm. um, that at, at the age of 59, I, I, I was still uh, relevant in the way that I'm doing my things, but yes. there were things that I could change in my approach. So that was the plus-plus uh, point for Maranti, and I'm very thankful to the Maranti team and the management who have given me the opportunity to participate in the program.
0: Fascinating. Shah, thank you very much for your time this morning
1: thank you thank you too uh, for your for your time and your questions and I hope that we progress ahead in Malaysia into the digital age and conserve energy for the future generations thank you sir
0: lovely thank you very much Shah I've been on the phone folks with uh, Shah he is the CTO for 3 OPPs in Deerim Bahad if you missed any part of this show don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally download it from I recommend the BFM app it is available in the Apple App Store or Google Play my name is Rich Bradbury for Tech Talk here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.